Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Jump, where we watch exclusively Transformers. Yeah, Um, well, you know, I mean... You were talking about it last week, and I was like, well, there's that show I've been meaning to check out, so here's my excuse. Yeah, it's it's not technically an anime, I guess. <laughs> Although, at the beginning, it says a Netflix anime series, so I don't know. It's suggestive material. What are the rules? Anyways, uh, yeah, there are no rules. <laughs> out here, there are no roads. Um, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and jump in without Transformers first, which is our page flips of the week. And uh, what'd you read? I read the first volume of Boruto. Uh, I know we covered the anime version of Boruto some time ago, and I had not yet read the manga version, so I read that. It was one of the things that was sent to me by our Geekly Grind dudes, and uh, that I have... I think I... I think I mailed it to you since then to be a Patreon gift, so... If some of you gets Boruto Volume 1 from us, I read that shit. <laughs> so, uh, Boruto, uh, if you if this is your first episode, if you have absolutely no idea, it's a sequel series to Naruto. It, it involves Naruto's son, who is a kid named Boruto. And uh, he is now learning to be a ninja at approximately the same age that Naruto was at the beginning of the first series. Um, Boruto is pretty different from naruto he's he's relatively good at stuff but his the the big difference is that naruto wasn't very good at things but cared a lot boruto is pretty good at things but doesn't care that much um he's kind of got a chip on his shoulder because naruto big spoilers for naruto naruto is the hokage (laughs) and uh because he's super busy running the entire town he uh boruto kind of resents the fact that he's too busy to like spend as much time with his family as Boruto thinks he should, which is a totally valid point. Um, and so there's a lot of conflict there. The first volume of Boruto is pretty different than the first season of the anime. In fact, I've, I've watched, I think two seasons of Boruto and most of volume one doesn't happen in it at all. Um, so there's sort of like a flash forward at the beginning of both the anime and manga series that are, that are similar. And then it cuts back, but in the anime, I think it cuts back much farther. So in the manga, there are some chapters of this first volume that I recognized as episodes of the show, but there are also plot points. Uh, probably the major plot point of the first volume hasn't happened for me yet. So, um, uh, anyway, all of that said, they're they're different stories, but they're also the same story. So I think if you watch the anime, you just get much much more of the same. And uh, I like it. I'm uh, you know, uh, some people maybe don't think this all the time when we're covering Naruto, but I'm a big Naruto fan. <laughs> I've I have loved it ever since I first saw it. And um, Boruto is a lot of the things that I like about Naruto mixed in with some things that I don't care about as much. Uh, I've said before on this show that Boruto is a little bit more slice of life, slower paced. I do think that that changes as you get further in the story, but you know, I'm reviewing the beginning of the story and it is 
pretty slow. I, I do think that the manga cuts to the chase much more quickly. It feels like number one, it's different than what I've seen in the show. Uh, and number two, the thing that the, you know, the major plot point that is different feels like uh, it's moving somewhere a little more quickly than the show is. So I, I know Spencer isn't as crazy about Boruto, even though he is also a big fan of Naruto. And I think I'm, I think I like Naruto more than you Spencer, but we're both pretty big fans and Boruto just, uh, it gives me more of the same and the stuff that's different doesn't, doesn't detract from that more of the same, even though, I mean, I guess it technically detracts cause I wish it weren't there, but, uh, it is, <laughs> it isn't enough to deter me from it. And I think your reaction has been different, but I would say Boruto pretty good series. Um, definitely worth checking out if you liked Naruto, uh, it's not all of you Naruto fans are going to like it, but uh, I think most people will. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, my uh, page flips for the week is uh, a very, very new manga that is coming out. The first chapter is the only chapter that is currently live. Um, you can read it on Shonen Jump's app. It's called The Elusive Samurai, and it's about an elusive samurai, and that's it. Um, anyways, uh, no, it's, uh, it's about a young boy who is set to become the leader of the shogunate. Um, the shogunate in old Japan, from what I understand, was the, almost like a warlord, uh, that was also a president and also a king. So I'm kind not of a percent sure. Yeah, I I don't I don't 100% understand it from Japanese history perspective, but that being said, I don't have a degree in Japanese history and I didn't have to take it in high school. So sue me. Um anyways, uh what <laughs> Oh god. Um <laughs> how will I pay the millions of doll hairs? Anyway. Anyways. Um, so, the thing that is going to be happening inside of the first chapter of this manga is that you are introduced to the main character who is a young boy who is set to become the leader of a large shogunate, and apparently his father and the other people that are part of his family are just puppets for another family and there is a very famous samurai that people look up to inside of the village um there is a turn halfway through the first chapter when you find out that the uh very famous samurai has decided to lead an uprising and has murdered most of the ruling shogunate powers like the power vacuum is collapsing now and it uh, has created basically a, uh, basically a, a monster has moved in who is a very powerful warrior who has so much fame that he has risen other, I guess other samurai. I couldn't really tell if they were other samurai or just a, a, a warring army that was with him, um, and they took down the shogunate, and so this young boy has to flee and run away with this weirdly comical, uh, he's a priest, I guess, um, and his daughter who travels with him, and then I guess he's gonna be raised to be, 
like turn him into the samurai that will save a nation eventually. I don't know. Um, I was left a little bit confused at the end of it. The storytelling is really compressed inside of the first chapter. Um, almost as if they had way too much information to tell way too fast. And the way that they sort of did it was explaining that this character that you're about to be introduced to was mentioned as a footnote inside of history, which makes me think that maybe this was something that was actually in Japanese history that people studied. Um, but because we are from a, you know, a Western culture, we have not studied that history unless you have, uh, you know, gone out of your way to study that sort of history. So I, I don't know about it. Um, his main character trait that uh, they notice inside of the first part is that the only thing that he's really good at is running away and trying to hide from people that want to make him do anything other than just hanging out, um, which is why it's called the Elusive Samurai. But by the end of the first chapter, you find that uh, instead of seeing it that way, this priest that's now traveling along with him tells him, no, it's because your will for life is such that you will escape from any harm. And that means that your will to survive is so strong that you will be able to lead people to also survive. So it's kind of a cool spin on that. Um, okay. But with that being said, I, I don't know if this is going to be one of those ones that I immediately pick up again. Um, I would rather have it go a lot deeper before I kept along with it. Also, the hook was not really in my wheelhouse. Uh, historical anime don't always hit me really hard unless they have a really cool spin on them. An example would be something like a Samurai Champloo, um, where the, the humor and the fun and the uh, music... And the fighting sequences are so good that they keep me completely hooked, so I kept on going. Whereas this one, it the fight sequences are very short and mostly just a snippet that shows you that a fight had occurred. And then it is just a moving as fast forwardy as possible to the next piece of information, as if you were reading footnotes of a history book. Okay. So I... I think it's one of those that the first chapter sort of falls a little bit flat on its face. Um, but I would be interested in picking this up when it's about 10 chapters in. That's usually where I, I, I prefer to pick up my manga, um, especially if it's going to be something that doesn't catch me on the first read. Yeah, that's interesting. It sounds like a premise with a lot of potential and, uh, you know, could go could go either way, but it just... It seems like maybe they were uh, rushing to put in everything they could think of in the first chapter so that they would convince Shonen Jump to give them a series or something. I don't know. So maybe we'll have to keep our <laughs> eyes on that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, what was on your screen time for the week? My screen time was suggested to me by our friend Gerald. I was talking to him the other day. This is a show he has uh, recommended to me a few times. And uh, one that I've kind of had my eye on uh, it's called Rising of the Shield Hero. It's uh, pretty popular, so uh, if you're following along with anime, you've probably heard of it or seen it. Um, it's actually been out for a little while. It's got, uh, on Crunchyroll, there's four seasons with a total of 100 episodes right now. So uh, if this sounds like your kind of thing, you have a lot of uh, a lot of show to dig into. 
So uh, I'm going to give kind of my impressions before I go into a plot synopsis. The, the overall idea is this is a, you know, it's an isekai, uh, which is, you know, a person from our world gets trapped in an alternate world, usually a, a sort of medieval fantasy world um, of either European or Japanese fantasy. This one is a, a European fantasy world, which is probably the most common isekai. Um, definitely Rising of the Shield Hero is is kind of a part of that like light novel adaptation of isekai stories that was sort of a wave that was washing over the anime world uh, a couple years ago and is kind of still to a lesser extent continuing. So um, I know this came up when we, when we covered re zero that like for you, Spencer, the, the concept of an isekai is actually kind of a hurdle to get over. Um, For me, I have not watched a lot of isekai. So I still find the concept of isekai pretty interesting. And um, this one I enjoyed quite a bit with some major caveats that I'll get into in a minute. Um, It's pretty dark. So I'll talk about that here in a second when I go more into the plot. But uh, overall, I found it to be pretty compelling. I think it uh, it's fantasy world seems pretty bog standard. I don't think there's much about the the world around them that seems particularly unique uh, from any other kind of baseline you have gone into a fantasy European world slash video game type of place. Uh, It definitely has both of those. The world is a real world, but the uh, character that gets pulled into the world has like a heads up display that uh, according to the sort of like in universe legends is a special thing for the heroes because they have to summon heroes from an alternate world. And so they summoned this guy from Japan um, to, to be one of their heroes. So I like that uh, aspect of it. Um, one of the interesting hooks about this, so that, uh, like I said, they summon these heroes. There's four heroes of legend. There's a shield, a sword, a spear, and a bow hero. And so they, you know, there's these, you know, great legendary artifacts and these heroes from an alternate world take up these different weapons and become the four legendary heroes. Uh, But the shield hero, like everybody hates the shield hero. It's not, it's not a particularly comedic series. So it's not like, it's not like everybody hates on him in a funny way. They just kind of like, they just all think that like the other three are weapons and the shield is kind of boring and and what can the shield actually even really do? And so he's kind of, he's kind of shunned like initially when they first are pulled into this world, they're taken to see the King of the kingdom that, that summoned them. And the King has all three of the other heroes, like introduce themselves and then starts speaking and like proceeding as though they're done with introductions before the shield hero has spoken up. Uh, and of course, because of the because of the title of the show, you've almost certainly figured out the shield hero is our focus. So uh, he's kind of miffed about being treated as like a an also ran, and uh, that's an interesting hook. Um, I found that to be interesting enough. I think that it is a very standard isekai otherwise. So if you're burned out on isekai, I don't know that this is going to do it for you, but I do think it's a pretty interesting story so far. I watched the first two episodes and the first episode is a double length. So I I functionally watched three episodes worth of content. Um, And part of the reason I watched that much was because I wanted to see what happened next. And when I finished 
the the second episode, I was like, man, I could see myself returning to this pretty soon. So I really enjoyed it. Um, but now I'm going to talk a little bit more about some spoiler plot from the first episode in particular. Um, and so if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, don't listen. But part of the reason that I saved it for later was that there is a content warning. So if you need to know about the content warning, but you don't want to be spoiled, I'm going to let you know the first episode deals with a rape allegation and the end of the second episode into the, uh, into the, the second episode proper deals with like kind of fucked up magical slavery. So like this, this goes into what I said earlier, this show's pretty dark. And, uh, and so if those are things that are going to cause you, uh, also the slave has some like terrible trauma from her village being attacked by mythical creatures. So there's a lot going on. If that's not the kind of content that you want to hear about, skip ahead. If that is not the kind of content you want to see about, don't watch this. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled for the first episode, don't listen to this. Everybody else, we will proceed. So, uh, shield hero, uh, nobody wants to be in his party because he's the shield hero. Everybody thinks the shield hero is dumb. And then uh, after these like great adventures have been pulled together to be in the parties of the other heroes, uh, one of them breaks off and joins up with the shield hero. Uh, seemingly out of a sort of altruistic pity, she gets along with him pretty well. And then after their first day together, he wakes up to find that he has been completely robbed. And... Then he, uh, as he goes to like find her and tell her that they've been robbed, he is found by the castle guards and taken before the king where all the other heroes have been assembled and his teammate is there accusing him of breaking into her room and raping her in the night. So this deals with a false accusation of rape because he did not do this. She says that he got drunk and then forced himself on her later that evening uh, when we actually see the real scene that precedes this, he declines to have any of the wine because he doesn't particularly care for alcohol. And then he goes to bed early. And then the next thing he knows, he's woken up and everything is gone. So she has like planted evidence to make it seem like her claims are for real. So not only was the shield hero already kind of disdained, but now he is hated because he has been uh, he has been accused of rape. Everybody thinks that he did it. And they specifically say that this is a capital offense, but because he is one of the legendary heroes, they need him to fight these like hordes of monsters. So they will let him live there, but he's going to be shunned. And so basically the story, the story properly picks up after this, where he is like well and properly an outcast and he is working on his own and trying to figure out how to make it in this world. Um, and then at the end of the first episode and into the second episode, he is found by this shady dude who is selling slaves and the slaves have like magical seals that bind them to their owner. And that the, if they like try to defy a direct order, those seals will cause them pain until they submit to that order. And so he ends up buying a, you know, half human, half raccoon girl and she's like a she's a very young child and it sounds like she had a previous owner who was like completely abusive to her and was like a fan of torture and before that she was just like a little girl growing up in this village that got attacked by monsters and she saw her entire village and specifically her parents torn to shreds by a monster in front of her and uh also she as a, a half human is part of some magical racism so People look down on half humans as subhuman, 
And so there's a lot going on for her. It's very, very dark. Um, and it's, it's a little tough to get through, but I think the show, the, the narrative focus is pretty strongly on this guy is trying to just like push his way through a bad situation and make the most of it. That said, he does embrace a little bit. He, he seems to think to himself, if everybody's going to look at me like I'm a villain, I might as well act like a villain. And so when like he goes to a shopkeeper, the shopkeeper tries to short him and he like threatens the shopkeeper with violence if he doesn't get the same deal that the guy before him did. And so he basically, he basically embraces the idea that people think he's a bad dude to manipulate them into treating him equally over a fear of him attacking them. So some of the times I think he goes a little far with that. And some of the times, even if he's not going too far, he plays it up too well and he becomes not a sympathetic protagonist. But then uh, most of the time he is one. It's pretty interesting. Early episodes are all about power progression. And I I thought it was done in a a way that felt intriguing and made me want to learn more about the world and his powers and what was going to happen next. And so um, again, there's lots of caveats here. If you need content warnings this is not the show for you but if uh if that doesn't bug you and you're interested in this i had a really good time watching it and i would like to watch more and i would recommend it um and then also spencer hold on for one second nala (laughs) okay (laughs) well blake had to scream at his cat really quick but anyway scratching at the door uh, i also I also watched something this week, and it is amazing. Okay, I've never heard of it. I this. don't... Oh my god. So this show is called Pop Team Epic. The way that it starts is a young boy is finding out that he is coming downstairs so that his parents, after they're going out of town, um, he's like, okay, I'm going to have to take care of the house, but that's okay because I'm going to have a great time. And so his parents are like, okay, but you have to look after this girl. And he's like, okay. And so it starts into this, like, what seems like a a fun rom-com opening for an anime opening, but just kidding, they're going to rip through the middle of this to give you two ridiculous, like, cartoon girls that are voiced by, like, older Japanese men. (laughs) And it's going to be a ridiculous Adult Swim-style cartoon that is, like, oh my god, it's, like, it's, 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 telling you that it's a four panel manga that's being turned into an anime and it's just making fun of all of these different anime tropes. There's uh, even a sequence where it's just one of the characters waking up in different scenarios that are just from gif culture or meme culture (laughs) or YouTube haiku culture. It is Unreal and hilarious, and one of the best things that I've seen in a long time. I watched the first episode, and then I immediately watched the next two episodes of it. It was it was one of the ones that I, I picked up immediately, didn't want to put back down, because it made me laugh out loud so hard. Especially when they went into the one where she had woke up a bunch of times in different scenarios, and one time she wakes up and it's just like that part from Skyrim where they're like, Oh, you've woken up now, have you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
Oh, I don't want to give away a lot of the jokes. There are so many jokes that are going to be inside of it. And they hit you fast with the jokes, too. Um, in the first, like, ten minutes of it, there's probably 50 or 60 jokes in the first ten minutes that are solid landing jokes as well. So it's... It's a really, really fun lampoon of uh, anime culture and meme culture. Um, it is it is truly a cultural touchstone that people inside of this generation of anime watchers should it should be required and you're watching because it is just it's just perfect for the way that it makes fun of everything that weebs enjoy. That sounds great. <laughs> so. It's awesome. Anyways, uh, before we get into our tag team of the week, uh, again, if you want to be a part of the giveaway, we are giving away the first three volumes of the original Transformers manga. It and All you have to do is write to us on one of the different platforms, uh, More Than Meets the Eye, and you will be entered in. With that being said, we are going to be covering a anime that is sort of not an anime, but is an anime. Anyways, it's it's being put out by Net, not a sponsor. Uh, they have come out with a uh, original anime series, or at least what they are calling an anime series about Transformers, and it's doesn't seem to be for kids. No. Was that your takeaway as well? Yeah. Well, I, in the first episode, somebody calls somebody an ass or something or kicks their ass or something like that. Like it's, it's definitely for teenagers and up. Uh, yeah. I don't think it, it's, it's not called transformers war for Cybertron. We watched the first of them. It's a trilogy. It, the first one is called siege and uh, man, it's dark. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I only watched the first episode. So it's a six episode. It's like an, it's like a super movie. The first episode's 24 yeah. minutes. I think I suspect they're all 24 minutes. So it's going to be, you know, an over two hour movie if you watch it all in one sitting. Uh, but the sequel series is already out in the, the, the third completion of the trilogy is coming soonish. I don't know when exactly. So, yeah, I thought yeah. Uh, after you read transformers last week, I thought it'd be fun to cover this. Uh, it is a Netflix and a net, net, not a sponsor original anime. Uh, um, and that's what they say. And I don't know that that's true. I think all of the like no. writing team and creative team are people in America and it yeah. maybe was animated overseas. Cause I know a lot of animation is done overseas, but like it's not, it's not Japanese created. So it it's, uh, this is a con- comparison that's going to get me yelled at. But it is an anime in the same way that Avatar The Last Airbender is an anime, except that uh, from the perspective that... You suck. From the perspective... We all agree. Are, <laughs> <laughs> from the perspective that they are both made in the West by Western people using things from anime in Avatar. They're using you know anime style and sort of Asian... Um, Asian trappings, whereas in this they're using a, a you know a series of toys and and comics and shows and stuff that are created in Japan. But uh, this one, yeah, this brief, one's not brief. Completely irrelevant aside on just wording. Whenever you hear somebody say trappings, do you hear droppings in your head? I do not. Is that a thing that happens to anybody now. else? Uh, I I heard you say it, and I was just like, trappings, I know what that word means, but in my head, I was just like, that's poop in the forest, right? 
Well, uh, you know, no. <laughs> if you want additional giveaways that are not really giveaways, write to us, poop in the forest. <laughs> I would say that uh, I don't want whatever you're giving away from the keyword poop in the forest, first of all. I would also say that I'm a little bummed that Transformers War, War for Cybertron Siege was pretty decent because otherwise I want to make a yep. joke about how it is droppings in the forest, but it's not. It's pretty good. Uh, I think. No, it's great. It's, I think the plot it's is. It's a great Transformers. I think the plot's really good. I thought the action sequences in the first episode were a little lacking. Um, would you say that it's more than meets the eye, Blake? God damn it. Uh, so anyway, the. Uh, <laughs> this is. These are the Transformers of like the original series. Uh, these are the 80s Transformers that are like hella boxy. They look like those those uh, toys from back then. And so like they're all doing cocaine and trading on Wall Street. Yeah, all the cocaine, which also the Wall Street thing is so relevant to right now. Uh, stonks, Blake, stonks. <laughs> I just want to go on Reddit and see something that's not about GameStop. <laughs> anyway, I know, man. I or I I just I, it they just announced. Man, we're in the past, so this is probably not going to be news anymore by next week. Um, other than, you know, we've all descended into chaos, but <laughs> just a moment ago, there was a class action lawsuit that was filed against Robinhood, the stock trading, uh, tool. And the reason why is because they, they stopped people from making trades and buying these for no reason, basically yeah, because it was making the market too volatile. Yeah. And the argument that uh, everybody is making against it is just like the reason that you're, uh, that other people are making the market volatile is because people are putting money into things and you didn't expect people with no money to rise together and do something as one. And I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe, Maybe these hedge funds shouldn't be running the world. Whatever. I, I have no sympathy. Okay, we have to talk about this now. Uh, because I, I know that I'll listen to this in several years and be like, what was that again? So, okay, this is not relevant to our weekly jump at all. But what's happening right now is that, and I'm not a stockman. So some of the things I say are probably going to sound dumb or be a little wrong. But more or less, my understanding of the situation is that stock traders on you know on Wall Street you know they make a bunch of money by trading on stocks but they also have a sort of uh, passive although that that passive comes with an asterisk because right now it's pretty active influence on the actual performance of the stocks and so when you you know the idea behind stocks is that you're purchasing a a share of ownership in a company. And so the value that you have from owning the stock is theoretically having a say in what the company does. Although for the most part, it seems that unless you buy a bunch of stocks and become basically like a member of a company's board, you're really just buying some pretend idea of a company and then selling that pretend idea later for a different cost. Uh, if a company is doing well or is expected to do well, stock prices will go up. And that means that if you want to buy a stock now, you have to spend more than you used to. If it's doing poorly or if people are expecting it not to do well, they will go down. Uh, and so what you want to do ideally is to buy stocks when they are cheaper, have a company do something that makes everybody feel that they are you know, increasing their value and then sell your stocks now that these stocks cost more to buy than when you bought them and then you make a profit. Uh, 
the investors on Wall Street uh, are expecting GameStop to go out of business because it's been struggling for many years. They decided, apparently, and this is maybe a little hearsay, so take this with salt, they decided that they were going to try and essentially create GameStop's demise by devaluing the stock, by basically nobody on Wall Street they they all kind of collectively agreed that they would not trade in GameStop. And since they're the people that trade in stocks, now GameStop's value is lower because it's a supply and demand problem. And the people that are demanding it aren't demanding it anymore. And so the supply is too much. The cost goes down. The company's tanks. However, people on Reddit, specifically on the Wall Street Bets subreddit that uh, focus a lot on these things, decided that they thought that GameStop was a pretty cool company that maybe deserved a second chance. And also that they didn't quite like the idea of people on Wall Street deciding that it was time to kill a company on their own through the use of sort of a soft manipulation of stock. And so they got a huge group of just average Joe Redditors to buy GameStop stock. And because uh, because the stock prices are literally affected by the amount of stock being bought and sold, GameStop's value soared. And this made Wall Street very angry because they were trying to accomplish the opposite. And usually what they're trying to accomplish happens because the amount of people buying stock outside of Wall Street and the amount of money they're spending is not enough to make any demonstrable difference in the equation. But because so many people banded together to buy GameStop stock, it is now overpowering the will of these Wall Street bettors. And now there's this huge controversy where like lots of websites and stuff such as Robinhood that allow you to buy and trade stocks are shutting off the option to purchase GameStop stocks at the request of giant hedge funds on Wall Street because the hedge funds are mad that the GameStop stops are getting too expensive. And now the people who are trying to buy GameStop uh, as a part of this kind of movement are mad because they feel that it has been shut off unfairly because this is not the market being volatile. The market is doing this intentionally. And so they are now launching a suit against some of those companies claiming that it is stock manipulation or market manipulation, which is illegal by, uh, you know, like I said earlier. And it is absolutely market manipulation. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said earlier, the hedge funds have a sort of legal, although dubious, ability to manipulate the stocks just by where they're putting their focus and where they're not. And they obviously have a very dubious ability to choose winners and losers, such as in this case, when they tried to choose GameStop as a loser. Now that people have, you know, people that are not hedge fund managers and just sort of like a large group of average citizens have banded together to reject that decree, these stock purchasing platforms seem to be siding with the stock manipulators in Wall Street and are complaining that they that this whole uprising is making life hard for rich people, and it's uh, I don't know I I as a person who does not have or completely understand stocks I don't want to put my t- finger on the scale too much of having too strong of an opinion because I am sure there's a lot of nuance I'm missing but it really seems like I'm pulling for Team GameStop here. <laughs> <laughs> With all that being said, uh, Transformers is a anime all about stocks. And (laughs) if you want to get away from transform and value (laughs) into 
into a cube or out of a cube, and that is where you get the power. So yeah, that's this show, how it works. It's like the 80s movie, I think. I also haven't seen that. That's another thing. My only The only time I've ever been into Transformers for a period of time was when Beast Wars was on when I was a kid. Beast Wars Ugh. is amazing. They should redo Beast Wars, but, you know, yeah. not like a Michael it's Bay It's impossible movie. to watch now. Huh? <laughs> I said it's impossible to watch. You're now. incorrect. <laughs> I, it it is it is it, as someone who hates 3D animation, it is almost unwatchable for someone who hates 3D animation. Yeah, that's true. Um, it is in 64 graphics for sure. Yeah, it is. It is very difficult but to watch. Megatron Anyways, is a giant com- purple Tyrannosaurus Rex. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That I mean. E- Beast Wars is fantastic, yeah. but it's very dated. But the yeah. story is really come, good. Come for Transformers, stay for stocks, and Beast Wars. Leave when Beast Wars comes yeah. on. So Transformers <laughs> War, for, War for Cybertron Siege, pretty good. We're probably not going to watch the follow-up series, but I suspect it's also fairly decent. And um, the you know there's a, a third one coming soon. Which if I if me googling about Beast Wars earlier today is any indication may include some characters from Beast Wars. So I might be watching all of these Transformer things on Net, not a sponsor. Also, it is 3D animation, yeah. but it looks great. Uh, yeah, it's it's 3D animation that they look like they put the time into. Yeah, and also it may be a little bit more blocky than you want it to be, but because the characters are literally made out of blocks, it works. Yeah, this would look um, worse in hand-drawn animation. Like, 3D is absolutely correct. Yeah. Anyways, uh, with all that being said, uh, Transformers, I think, is is probably a thumbs up if you liked Transformers. Uh, if you don't like Transformers, then just don't watch it. Yeah, um, anyways, uh, w- with all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you an important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews every week. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show is a part of. And if you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to Blake and Spencer, who offer two shows every week covering anime and manga series, both new and old. 
However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe your new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any Geeks Media menu. First, there's Comic Book Keepers, where you can join Lance and Chris as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. If comics aren't really your thing, maybe you're looking to find something exciting out in the geekosphere, do a little exploring maybe, you can check out John and Ben's Geek Exploration podcast. They cover a variety of topics from video games to the latest Disney announcements, game shows, and more. A real grab bag of geekdom and a fantastic addition to your weekly listening. Maybe you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our continued partnership with Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. See you next time. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look, sometimes you're going to get hiccups in the middle of saying something, and it's not like you're drunk or turning into Morty or Rick from Rick and Morty. You're just a guy who sometimes has hiccups. Give me a break.